Welcome back, uh, listener, and welcome back, Donnie, to season three of A Real Page Turner. Hi. Hello, Mara, and all of our listeners out there. This is good to be back, back from our little hiatus. That's right. We had a little yeah. summer break. Did you do anything fun? Uh, nothing really, just trying to beat the heat. <laughs> it's been not that great. <laughs> All right. Well, I've been trying to find the heat. We we took a family trip to the Outer Banks and tried to roast. So that was good. You know, other than that, just kind of uh, trying to read some other books for fun and not necessarily something that we have to talk about. (laughs) Yeah. Read like really trashy stuff. (laughs) Right. Read some trashy stuff. I did. I read like three trashy books at the beach. I didn't read anything. (laughs) <laughs> Sorry, I let my I let my mind go to mush. That's all right. I you know I, yes. I binge watched a whole lot of Netflix and Apple TV, so nothing too yeah. uh, earth shattering. But we're back with our first episode of season three. Thought we'd kick off this season with the popular new movie based on the 2018 book by Delia Owens, "Where the Crawdads Sing." So we kicked off our season this week with a movie event at the Cinemark in Music to uh, host our family and friends to come and uh, watch the movie with us. So, Donnie, I thought it was a great time. What did you think? Yeah, it was. Uh, We want to thank all four of you who showed up. Now, come on. It was a little more than that. We had a very nice showing, you know, an almost packed uh, theater. It was was great. And, you know, Cinemark was was awesome for obliging our requests. Yeah. So I think we had about 35 people, which the theater was almost full. Yeah. Yeah. The only like empty seats I know were like, like way down in front when nobody wants those. <laughs> right. Um, now my sister went down there and I had a few friends I had down there. Yeah. We ran out of a little, you know, we were running out of a little room, which was a good problem to have. Yeah. Yeah. That was good. Yeah. So yeah. thanks to our friends and families for coming and supporting us and, you know, providing us with your comments after and, you know, just having a general nice night out on a Sunday night, even with the excitement of the fire alarm right before our show, The right? You know, yeah, they, rolled, I, they rolled it out for us. They had the fire trucks and the mm-hmm, cops exactly. there and evacuated the theater. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, we, uh... That yeah, I was very worried about that. I thought we were gonna have to cancel it. <laughs> no pun intended, but I saw our plans going up in flames. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so some of us just had some burnt popcorn. No big deal. Right, right. Yeah. But you know, they cleared it out, no major emergency, and we are we our plans went on as uh as uh, we wished. Yeah, yeah. So let's uh yeah, so delve into the book and movie. Yeah, I think we should probably though lead with spoiler alerts because I know this is a relatively new movie. It just came out, I think July 15th. Yes. So maybe those who haven't seen it or read mm-hmm. the book yet, we should tell you they're will be spoilers in this podcast. So if you haven't seen it and want to, or read the book and you're in the middle of it, you could just push pause on us right now and come back to us and listen to our episode when you're done. Yeah. Or if you're one of those people who just doesn't care about spoilers, loves being spoiled. And knows it, <laughs> That's so. right. <laughs> yeah. So okay. this book, yeah. like, well, it's a 2018 and it's classified as a murder mystery written by Delia Owens. And it sold more than 12 million copies worldwide so far. And probably part of that is because it was, you know, it has the seal of Reese's book club on it by Reese Witherspoon. So I'm sure that didn't hurt sales. No, no. Some of you may have heard of her from time to time. Yeah. So I think that didn't hurt. (laughs) 
No. So how um, has the movie done so far and been uh, yeah. received? So the movie uh, came out, you know, this year, just a couple of weeks ago. Uh, it was directed by Olivia Newman and written by Lucy Alibar and produced by uh, the aforementioned Reese Witherspoon and Lauren Neustadter. Uh, it stars uh, Daisy Edgar-Jones in the um, in the lead role. And also the cast also includes uh, Taylor John Smith, Harris Dickinson, and David Strathairn. It's been... Uh, has done very very well uh it's uh a fairly like not a like huge budget uh like about 24 million dollars which by you know hollywood standards isn't like that crazy uh of a budget uh whereas uh but it's done very very well it's uh made over 64 million dollars at the box office uh review uh reviews from critics has been kind of has been kind of mixed with uh, many who you know have praised the performances, particularly Edgar Jones, but but some uh, critics seem to found um, the film's tone kind of incoherent. Uh, but it's been very uh, receptive by audience members. So, yeah, I was reading something too about it. I got a low like Rotten Tomatoes so far, but they said like this was kind of one of the times where like the Rotten Tomatoes score didn't like prevent good ticket sales. And I no. could be like summarizing that incorrectly, but I feel like that was the gist of what I read. Uh, yeah, you know. It's, it's kind of like overcome the odds for that and i think probably like based off of you know and this immensely popular book probably uh is definitely a, contrib- a contributor to its uh, success that you know even like people who you know read and loved the book probably you know are at the very least curious about the- yeah and I, I think it's an interesting you know one because like i read this book probably when it first came out and just remembered like absolutely loving it was like this is a book you have to read is how i felt and then when we were going to see the movie i actually went back and started rereading it but if i hadn't done that i probably would have thought the movie i mean the movie stayed pretty true right there were there were differences but nothing crazy right there was no major plot twist that they took out of you know or added a character into the movie that wasn't in the book, right? They really didn't do that. And I didn't see them really condense a character either. And I think if I hadn't gone back and reread it, I probably would have misremembered the book for the the movie. You know what I'm saying? Like, I probably would have thought, oh, that probably happened if I hadn't gone back and reread it closely. So I think people who are reading it close, like, you know, soonish to seeing the movie, you're probably going to remember it a little bit better. But I think I felt like, you know, the major plot points and the major things were pretty true. Yeah. You know, I, I definitely agree there. Uh, it's, um, yeah, like it really didn't delve that, you know, stray too far from the source material. It's been interesting since we started this podcast, like comparing the different uh, the different ones, like as we've seen, you know, numerous books and films where the film is wildly different from the book, from the book of that and other ones are pretty close. I think this generally is probably one of the closer adaptations uh, that, that like no really glaring differences you know, minor, you know, it's really like some minor things, you know, so we might have a very short episode today. But. No, but it's interesting, no. you know, my friend Tammy had, had given me some feedback and she said, you know, she really thought, again, Reese Witherspoon did a good job of keeping it close to the book. But I think it's the nuance parts that you miss, right? Like she said, you know, the detail about Jody's scar and how Kaya recognized him by the scar when he came back wasn't in the film. Like, yeah. I can't remember if he had the scar. He probably did. But there was no of 
there was no backstory to the scar that took you back into their childhood that showed the mom stitching him up, which kind of, you know, then humanized the mom and how she wanted to take care of their family, even though she left. You know, that that was one thing like Tammy called out, like it would have been nice to see. And I don't know how you do that in a film, you know, via flashback, and then you're getting into backstory that you don't have the kind of time to do in a film. But it's like those nuanced things that you that you have the time for in a book that sometimes, and again, that's like a small difference, but it's something that, you know, a close reader like Tammy, like picks up on, right? That that's kind of, it's kind of a symbolism. Yes, exactly. Like the, I noticed that like the, the mother like in the film like there's not really much to go on like i remember like you know she's in like the very first scene and then shortly like thereafter you see like obviously like right from the beginning we see well the first like flashback scene i mean of that not the very first scene but then like right from the beginning we see like the father's you know abuse and how awful he is and the and and then you just see like the mother like run away take off run away and I was thinking, I was like, oh, okay, well, there she is, and we don't see her until the very, the very, very end, which we, you know, get to uh, in a stream sequence, but if you want to call it that, but... Yeah, and it's interesting, because yeah. in the book, like, I'm thinking about the mother now as I'm, like, rereading what Tammy had sent to me, and we're talking about this, like, I'm thinking about in the book where Jody shows up and has all the mom's paintings and we get a feel for what the mom has been doing and torturing herself and all those years that she's been gone, that she too was a painter and drew all these pictures of her children's and, her children and painted them. You don't get that in in the movie, obviously, because it's a lot to put in there. But you you see her, you know, Kaya, like looking at all those paintings and knowing that her mom was kind of trying to paint a better life than what they had. But that's how maybe she wanted to remember her kids. And I thought that you know you kind of get more sympathy for the mom in the book because you get what you get that end story of you know you get the wrap up on what what happened to her. Yeah, it feels like you know in the mo- in the movie like you know Judy comes back and says you know. To- Kaya how you know kind of gives her the wrap up and you know tells her that their mother has passed away and it's definitely like pretty heart-wrenching because you know there's no closure or anything that Kaya never got to say goodbye or anything it's definitely you know pulls that heartstrings there and yeah and I think um, definitely sad (laughs) and when you're talking about like that that closure stuff I think the what's hard to translate in the movie is feeling I don't know like the book, like you could feel her loneliness, right? Like the author, Billy Owens is very good at like painting that picture of how lonely she was and how isolated she was. And in the movie, like, I don't feel like you get that as much. And I felt like, I don't know, I felt like she was a little too happy at one point with like Chase and doing her stuff where I've never, in the movie, you never get that she's actually that happy. Yeah. Yeah. See, like, um, I do think that, you know, the film, the film did uh, convey the loneliness for her. So not to like disagree with you All right, or something, well. but I, I like, you know, I do think, yeah, I could understand like probably more, you know, in depth the loneliness and uh, from the book. But I do think that the film uh, accurately portrayed her like loneliness, especially like right after her father's left, and here she is like this young young girl, you know, left all alone, you know, in her home in her home. And it's like I remember like seeing that scene, and I was like, oh wow, so that just happened. I guess it's definitely uh, yes, definitely shows, yeah. 
<laughs> but I thought they did. A, I thought the movie did a good job with the relationship between she and Tate and she and Chase. Like I felt like that was pretty, you know, pretty close. There were like different yeah. timeline types of things. Like when Tate gave her the publisher's names, which happens sequentially different in the book, but the outcome is the same. So it's not, it's not like it's a big deal. And if you didn't just yeah. read it, you probably wouldn't think that. Now, most of the people I talked to after the movie, like I liked it, but I really liked the book better. <laughs> so I yeah. don't know if you heard any different. No, like most of the people I talked to, I think like either it's been a little while since they've read the book or haven't read it. So I only pretty much got like movie opinions, but you know, the general consensus was that they like they liked it they enjoyed it and it's kind of fu- uh funny because i was not yet done with the book with the book when we watched it i was like almost done i was like at the very end and i was think i was trying to finish before we uh went went to the movies and i but then like i kind of made a, a choice to um, hold back and I said okay I'm not gonna finish it quite yet I do want to see the movie you know see the movie see how it ends and then see the re- and then read the rest of the book and so then, did you know with the movie then what happened because my dad after the movie who hadn't read the book said to it said to me and my friends who were standing there and he said so did she kill him and um we looked at him we're like um yes <laughs> Because then when you, when I thought about it, like it was definitely more ambiguous in the movie. Like you're not a hundred percent sure in the movie if she did it. Like, did you feel that way having not read the end? Because my dad was like, um, did she do it? Yeah, I, I could definitely see the ambiguity of it. I was like, because I hadn't gotten to the end, you know, watching the film, the book. And I thought, and I kept trying to like, kind of like work out the mystery in my mind and trying to see like who might have been. And I, you know, I was thinking they kind of, uh, the movie did a good job of like presenting the case for, you know, several ones who might have done it. I kind of thought that maybe like Tate had, <laughs> Tate had mm-hmm. killed him. And then I thought possibly since the brother was back, you know, in town, he, you know, that could have been a possibility as well. And then I even thought that as crazy as this sounds that i thought maybe like j- jumping yeah his wife mabel uh could have because of how protective they they were of kaya and how like how they how they became her like surrogate parents almost that i could definitely i could definitely see and then uh and part of me kind of thought that like after the the scene where they showed it like at jumping's funeral that maybe there would be like a note or something where he like on his deathbed confessed or something so I thought, you know, because, you know, because I hadn't gotten to the very, you know, at the part where I had just left, left off when we went to the movie, it was still like in the midst of the, of the trial. Like, so I was still not like, didn't know what was to come. Yeah, I could definitely see the epic, but I was pretty sure that they suggested that, you know, it was yeah. pretty heavy handed that she had done it. So. Yeah. And I, you know, the difference at the end is, you know, how it's revealed, you know, Tate opens the book and the shell necklace is there, but in the um, book, like it, it's much more hidden where she has everything related to um, <laughs> what happened to Tate, you know, it's underneath a floorboard and he pulls something out. So you know, it's much more intentionally hidden than just, it, you know, that shell necklace in the back of a book. And, you know, I like yeah. the symbolism in the move in the book where um, Tate takes the shell and puts it down in the water and it washes it away. And it says like, you know, it's washing this away, like it washes away everything, you know, and he kind of in his 
his interior monologue, you know, kind of tells you what she did, right? That she took those two buses and she did go off the moon and the tide to go out there and make her make it the way Like he kind of sums it up in his interior monologue, what actually happened, which, you know, you don't get to that in the movie because so you have to kind of, you have to kind of um, summarize it on your own. If you were paying attention to the beginning of the movie and think that that is what she did. Yeah. I def um yeah, but I I'm okay with the movie doing that. I think like it definitely because like with the you know as I've said before, like with films, it's a uh, show don't tell, and that uh, and that they you really have to kind of um, kind of describe it. Uh, you really have to like move things up to the imagination of the audience that you know you don't want to explain too much. And it reminds me not it's not a perfect analogy, but it reminds me of it's one of my favorite films of all time is Psycho. And at the and at the end, like I love the movie, but there's like one part that like I, cr- I kind of cringe at that where the psychiatrist who's interviewed Norman Bates and he is kind of like determines like how you know the like about his you know mental capacities and how he's gone over how he's kind of incorporated his mother's personality and that he believes he's his own mother and the craziness and it just was like too explaining too much so mm-hmm. you know I like in films where like you don't explain that too much he kind of like Get, you know, not saying that like with books you're giving uh, like dis like disrespecting the uh, the reader, but you kind of like let with movies you kind of let the viewer come to their own conclusions and connect a a to z pretty much. See, I like things tied up in a bow. I even like the postscript at the movie at, at the end of the movie, like what happened to people. I like all that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. so. I think general consensus amongst people I talk to is that they really, you know, if they read the book, they really like the book a little bit better yeah. than the movie. But I have to say, I thought Daisy Edgar Jones was fantastic. And I love her and I loved her in normal people. And I think she is absolutely fantastic. And I thought she did like a really good job of kind of being Kaya and, you know, taking yeah. on all of those kind of different like character um you know, like her hair was wild at some points and she, you know, then looked the part for court. I, you know, I just, I thought she did a really good job. I, I really, I like her as an actress. And so it, it was nice to see, it was nice to see somebody who you don't see in all the movies in this movie. Yeah. Like it's not a real, uh, uh... As far as like the cast goes, like not like to disrespect them or something, but not really like household names. Like there's only a few members of the cast that I had seen in other things. Like, the lawyer Tom Milton, David Strathairn, who I, oh yeah, he's in everything. I love yeah, I, I've seen him in a bunch of things. <laughs> like one of my favorite TV shows is Monk. Monk, and he plays a uh, a diabolical character in an episode of that who I can't stand. So it definitely uh, it was nice seeing him in this, and he's plays such a very wholesome character and he was uh really really good you know i really enjoyed his character he had a very like comforting presence yeah i I thought his casting was really well done like i thought he was a good pick for that role yeah but you're right there was nobody like you would say like i don't know like you know i keep thinking of the dark hair and sometimes if you look at daisy edgar jones do you do you liken her to (sighs) kristen stewart kristen stewart yeah i can this this could be her, you know, you know, step up into bigger roles. And I mean, like, I mean, the dark hair and everything, like if you chose her to play this role, like you're going with somebody who's, you know, has 
a long list, something like the Twilight series. But I like Daisy Edgar Jones because you don't, you didn't know her. And if you didn't watch Normal People, I don't know if you would have, like, no, if people would know her if you didn't watch, nor- if, it, if nobody watches Normal People. And if you don't watch it, you should. Um, <laughs> I'll have to check it out. It's so good. <laughs> and she is just so great in it. Yeah, because I don't know that she was, I think she was in War of the Worlds, which I've never watched, and <laughs> Under the Banner of Heaven, which I do want to watch, but I, I really like yeah. her. Yeah, the, the, like just because a film you know doesn't have a like all star cast doesn't mean it could uh, this could wind up being like uh, like The Outsiders where you know a lot of up and coming actors you know who wind up uh, becoming big stars. So yeah, actually, so this is only know. her third yeah. film. Wow, wow! So she did she did a fantastic job. Yeah, I she really did. Really uh, enjoyed her character. Just really. Um, like, cause she was like played like the tortured part and the loneliness, but she was also like funny and sweet and ch- charming. That you know, it was a very good balance personality wise. Yeah, I <laughs> yeah, I really did like her. Yeah. So yeah, anything else that you wanted yeah. to talk about? Um, I did. Uh, I did want to bring up. I did enjoy you know Jumpin' and Mabel. Their characters. Oh, yeah. They really like like I just mentioned. They were just so sweet and uh, just took care of her. And they. You know, they're the actors who played those parts. I think really stood uh, stood out and had fantastic performances. And one other thing I wanted to bring up was about the uh, the author her oh, yes. herself. Like it's not, like this was her first novel, and that like she's not like a. Ch- uh, I was reading about her deal, y'all, and since she's not really like like doesn't have a background in writing, she's um, like a, zo- a zoologist and conservationist, and has written like nonfiction books. And I, I think that definitely translated to this with how like Daisy's, you know, um, not Daisy's, a Kaya, the actress, Kaya's interest in you know nature and you know and science, and it definitely um, it definitely was very interesting. I think uh, to the to the drama around like her and her husband. In, in Africa about what they they you know were involved in some there's some um controversy around whether or not yeah. they were involved in, in questioning in a deadly shooting in Zambia. Yeah, it's um they've her and her husband are accused of operating a shoot to kill policy against poachers. Yeah, so in it's Africa. interesting. So and I was reading something that they thought perhaps that controversy was going to hurt movie sales, but I don't think it has. Yeah. I think it's a little bit of noise, but people aren't, I don't think, looking into it like, you know, the average person like us is probably not looking into it too closely. Like, you know, The Atlantic did a big article on it, but it's not something that's going to probably prevent us from going to the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Let's say, um, I don't know. I feel like I'm like kind of like not that familiar with it. And no, I just know that says that they deny the accusations and are still wanted for questioning. But, but I did think it was interesting how, you know, this is, you know, someone who didn't have a background in write, you know, in novel writing and fiction writing, like didn't, uh, you know, was able to create a bestseller like this. Yeah. And she really, you know, she used like the marsh as like the setting that she created with the marsh was probably as a result of her conservationist work, because I think in order to create a setting like that, you have to be like really familiar with it, you know, and, and think about all the different animals that can exist there, which came through in the character and the writing. So I think that's interesting that she has that backdrop background. Yeah. That's, um, and that's one thing like we've learned in, in writing, like through our, 
creative writing program that like you have to have your facts right and you have to do research even if you are creating a work of fiction that you do have to back have to back it up with the right facts and so yeah. it definitely made it interesting but one other one other thing i wanted to bring up that one difference with the book uh that really was wasn't in the film at all was kaya's like love for poetry and throughout the film well, throughout the book, you see like the different like poems that you that you would recite. If you had any like insight on that, or from no, I mean, I think in the you know you get some of it in the in the in the movie, but in the book, you know, you in the end, you come to find out that she was the poet that she really liked and yeah. things. You know, when Tate finds that box, he realizes that she was the poet and was sending things in under an assumed name to get them published, you know, which is a yeah. nice to know when the book in the, in, you know, that's hard to show in the movie because, you know, the book was interspersing poetry throughout, you know, you yeah. can't really, you can't really do that in a movie. Yeah. Yeah. When I was sitting there watching the film and I was waiting for, you know, some kind of a reference to it, to these uh, poems, to these poems. And, and it's funny, like I kept seeing like, you know, throughout the book, she would do these poems from this Amanda Hamilton, I believe name was and i was like i you know I'd, i'm not that well versed in poetry history i was like is that like just a real poet or is someone created for the book and i'm obviously at the end i realized oh, okay oh okay so i'm not you know i shouldn't be ashamed of myself for not knowing who that poet is <laughs> No, I felt the same way. And yeah. actually the first, like when I reread that the second time and I just finished it before I was like, Oh, I don't remember that from the first time I read it. So that was like a nice little reminder, but you're right. And and I think, I think that's something that's okay to leave out in the movie because you have so much already with her, yeah. you know, the collecting shells and the drawing and the book and the, all of her documenting the, the, the shore, the North Carolina shoreline that you kind of don't need the poetry in the movie. I think it's it's a it's a it's a good mechanism in the book to support what she was doing and all her time alone. Yeah. But yeah, that's I, an excellent point. <laughs> I think it's really hard to translate to a movie, which is fine they left it out cuz we had enough going on. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Well, I'm excited that we're back for season three and that we started out with a bang with our friends and family watching this movie and, you know, starting it out, kicking it off. So we'll be yeah. back next week, right? Yeah, we got, you know, several uh, more adventures and surprises in store. And uh, so, yeah. you know, keep uh, keep following us for more. Yeah, and until next week, keep reading. And keep watching. Oh,